Hi, this is Deborah Orlovsky, and welcome to the Rabbi Orlovsky Show. And whether you are listening uh, and watching on TorahAnyTime.com, YouTube, uh, uh, iTunes, wherever you listen or watch your podcasts, it is a pleasure to have you here with us. <clears throat> and as I mentioned previously, we have begun sponsorships. This is the first sponsored podcast. It is sponsored in memory of Shmuley Goldstein, Shmuel ben Moshe Yehuda, uh, the Neshama should have an Aliyah. And um, we are sold out uh, podcasts, basically uh, sponsorships until uh, the middle of February. So um, if you're interested, uh, you know, you know how to do that. We'll, we'll remind you at the end of the podcast what to do. Um, we got some business to talk about. Um, <clears throat> I mentioned that I received an email from uh, a couple who are hearing impaired, and they said that they watch this on YouTube with a captioning option, and they said that because of uh, my excellent elocution, uh, more often than not, Google gets it right. More often than not, but not always. And therefore, sometimes it will be inaccurate. Now, unfortunately, because of the nature of my podcast, people may not know whether it's correct or not, because I'm capable of saying almost anything. But for example, instead of the word schus, it wrote checks, C-Z, right? Like people from Czech, yeah. Um, instead of that's called toldos, it writes, that coal, C-O-L-E, told us. Instead of Emma al-Koanim, it's and more Elia Corninium. And, uh, you know, and I know someone might be watching this, thinking to themselves, you know, hardly anybody uses Elia Corninium, Corninium. <laughs> in casual conversation. That Rabbi Olavsky is really, uh, instead of a Parsha called... Um, Vayidaber, uh, it's called a partial cultivated a bear. <laughs> I did not say that. So I got another email from somebody who said that they would be interested in helping out. How can you help out the hearing impaired? I'm glad you asked me that question. Yeah, you go to any of the YouTube videos. You click on the three dots. If you take a look on the the little screen over there at the bottom is three dots. Click Add Translations. You can then edit the captions and fix any mistakes. And, um, and uh, uh, our producer, Michal, said he will then get an email confirming it. He will confirm it, but please let him know if you find any really bad ones because we're collecting these for a future episode. I also just want to mention uh, upcoming events, uh, the Shabbos of February 1st. I'm going to be in the Crown Plaza in Connecticut doing a Shabbos for Kerav Tuni. Um, the ad says it's almost sold out, so if you want to come and join me, you really should act now. And then uh, Sunday night, uh, February 3rd, I'm going to be speaking in New City and uh, in the Kahal of New City. And then I've got a trip coming up the week of February 18th, I have dates available then and the next week. If you're interested in booking Rabbi Olavsky live, or if you want, you could 
I could stay in the back room and we could film it and you could show it on a screen if you don't want me live. And that's fine too. Um, if you really don't want me live, that's going to cost a lot more money. <laughs> if you really want to take me out. Anyway, so, um, okay. Well, um, we have expanded the, uh, the world of the podcast, as you know. Um, we, uh, we had had a studio audience and uh, a number of people wrote and actually wanted to be part of the studio audience. I said, write me back. You know, we film actually on Mondays. So write me back and we'll tell you the exact time. And we never heard back from these people. I hope they're all all right. But, uh, you know, we, uh, we in future episodes, I'm sure that uh, soon there will be no room left, even for me. I'll be outside on the Merpeset and I'll be phoning this in. So uh, as, as the audience takes over the uh, living room, dining room area of my house, it could be that eventually the podcast will see fit to buy me a larger uh, house so that more people could join. But that's not for me to say. I'm only here for you. Whatever, <laughs> Whatever I can do to service you. This is podcast number 16, and it's on Parshish Yisro. Again, as we have established, this is not a Parshashir, but, uh, you know, I, I've, done, I've done some interesting things, and I have something I really want to talk about this week, and luckily it ties into the Parsha. We pre-recorded last week's, uh, two weeks in advance, in order to get the Australians in, you know, to be able to sing their song and tie it into Parsha Shiva. That was, uh, that was uh, just absolutely brilliant on my part. Thank you very much. And, um, but I have something I've been wanting to talk about for a month and uh, luckily, I, I've been saving it for Parshas Yisrael because I think it's particularly significant. Um, <clears throat> we left Mitzrayim. And Rashi says, We didn't take any provisions with us. We didn't take any food. It was complete trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yeah? And he brings the Pasuk, the love of a kala. Australia, eat your heart out. Anyway, the, you followed me like a kala out into the desert with that complete faith that only a kala could possibly have that she trusts this nitwit that he's going to take care of her for the rest of his life. Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. As a father and a grandfather. You know, so, you know, we've all gone through this, you know. Uh, you know. Well, Yankee says. Yankee says. <laughs> How old is Yankee? You know what I mean? What in the heck does Yankee know? Yeah? But, uh, you know, Akala has that, has that tremendous faith. Akala has that tremendous bitachin that, that she trusts. She trusts. That's how we found the Kaddosh Baruch Hu. We went men, women, and children. Pregnant and nursing women. Everybody marched out into the desert without any food. Open parentheses. They had... The leftover matzah lasted them a month. Yeah? So, uh, but Rashi says, clearly, the, the matzah that they took out, the dough that they took out to bake into matzahs, 
clearly was not for food. They ate it, but that wasn't the purpose of it. That's really for another shir. The, the role of the, of the dough that they took out of Mitzrayim and that they baked and that they, they ran out of Mitzrayim is a fascinating insight. I often bring this as a question to illustrate the fact that we really have no idea what we're doing. And we put so much emphasis on the performance of the mitzvah of matzah without really understanding really what matzah is all about. But we'll save that for another one. Um, here's an interesting thing. I I'm, I'm, I'm just want you to know, I live in Eretzrael, in case you haven't picked that up yet. And um, um, we have only one day yontif, which is basically the reason I moved here. Yeah? When I moved here, we originally were coming for three years, and we had a three-day Rosh Hashanah, which meant that for B'nai Chutzlar, it's, it's a three-day Sukkot and a three-day Shemini Atzeres. And I said, to move to Israel means leaving behind family, um, uh, culture, country, I have to leave everything behind. And the economic situation is difficulty, crime, terrorism. Or I could have another three-day yantif. It was a no-brainer. <laughs> and I have no question that three-day yantif was created by the Chazal in order to encourage Aliyah. There's no question about it. But anyway, so there is an outside possibility we'll be making a second Seder here. And uh, for somebody who's from Chutzlaretz, by the way, it's a fascinating thing, you know. Um, when us Israelis go to America, we're not allowed to make our own minion, right? When I was a scholar residence at a Pesach hotel, <coughs> and I'm available. When I, uh, when I went one time, so you know, Shmini Shal Pesach, for us is Chol. I had to go upstairs to my room, put on my tefillin, dive in Chol, and come back down and, uh, you know, sit through Yontav uh, Davening, Shmini Shal Pesach. But we can't make our own minion because, uh, and this becomes particularly problematic on a year like this and last year, because Shmini Shal Pesach for us Israelis is uh, regular Shabbos. So we have to lane the parasha. You're laning a Yontif Dika one. I say you, I know there are people in Israel listening too. B'nai Chutzla Aretz are laning for Shmini Shal Pesach, we have to lane a regular parsha, And if we can't make our own minion, it's a little tricky how we do that. Um, but the general rule is that you can't make your own minion because Los is going to do, can't break up into different groups. But if you ever come to Israel, you can find second-day minyanim all over the place. Nobody seems to care. How come when we go to America, we can't make a second-day Minion, but when they come here, uh, B'nai Chutzlar, it's come here, they make lots of minyanim. So someone asked me this question once, and I said, I think the answer is obvious, and that is, what this to do is that it creates sinner if you break down into different groups. But, you know, if, if you're keeping Yontif, and a bunch of Israelis are there keeping Chol, that'll make you upset. But when you come here and you keep second-day Yontif, it fills us with such a sense of pleasure such glee watching you going around, <laughs> you know, dressed all in Shabbos clothes on Shmini Shopesach while we're eating our, our pitas, you know, and shawarma. Uh, anyway, but, uh, but uh, be that as it may, um, uh, why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this course uh, um, of uh, Pesach, matzahs. Yeah, anyway. But uh, the point is that we followed off with complete, with complete uh, um, 
Amuna. We come to Harsinai and we get the Torah. There are literally hundreds of Chazal. The Yaris Devash was collate them. Literally hundreds of Chazal that compare Matan Torah to a wedding, to a marriage. We married HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Kaviyochel. Yeah? You know the famous Kofalim Har Kigigis, he held the mountain over the head. There's a different medrash that says he held the mountain over their head like a chuppah. Like a chuppah. Someone asked me, how could you have two chazal that are so different? One, it's threatening to kill you, and the other one, it's a marriage. I said, I can tell you're single. Anyway, well, you'd understand that the two are the same, because you don't get married. What did you have to hold the mountain over their head for? They already said Nazar and Ishma. They already accepted the Torah. Now, you have to know that when the going gets tough, you know, you can't suddenly back out. Yeah? You, don't get, you don't get married, you know, for five years with a renewable option. Yeah, <clears throat> sometimes uh, I've taught in seminaries for many years. So, you know, at the Vort, there's a nice, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed chassan there, you know, with a hat that's too big for him falling down over his eyes, you know. I mean? like, I'm sitting next to him, you know, and I get up to speak on behalf of the kala, you know, and I say, it's so beautiful because marriage is forever, forever and forever and forever, and the sweat starts pouring. <laughs> and the kala is smiling. <laughs> Yeah, the couple of them, Heike tells us that it's forever, the same thing in a marriage, you know? It's not, you come home if you feel like it, yeah, you're, you're obligated, an obligation, yeah. Jackie Mason once said, every husband has to learn this, you know, you have to call, you have to call, you have to call, you forgot to call, you have to call, you know? He said, you can see a Jew walking down the street, is there a phone here? Anyone <laughs> see a phone? Yeah, I'm about to cross the street, I'll call you when I get to the other side. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a sense because, you know, uh, men don't always have that sense of responsibility that comes with it. That's why it's so much easier for men to, to figure out they want to get married than women because women, they understand this is a very long commitment. It takes guys a while to figure that out. It's not an immediate uh, observation. So, um, so it's interesting, by the way, I have an entire shear <clears throat> where if... We, in Parsha's bow, when we left Mitzrayim, it was going out to be the Kala. And if Parsha's Yisro is the, is the marriage, then that means that Parsha's Beshalach is the engagement. And uh, I have a whole share on how that is, what, what you see from that. I said this over once, and a guy says to me, ah, so the Esamakos is the dating. <laughs> yes. Anyway... <laughs> That's for sure true. But um, uh, so we, we, come, we come to Har Sinai, and Har Sinai is this ceremony we were marrying at Kosh Baruch Hu. And this is so very important. Avinu Malkeinu, our father, our king. There are two ways that are presented to us to approach a Kosh Baruch Hu. One is as a servant to a king. Or as I once heard Rabbi Fishman, the Mashkiach and Teres Moshe say, not a servant, a slave. <laughs> a servant sounds like I've been hired to work here. We are slaves, avodim, yeah? Like an evid to a master. An evid who has nothing. Yeah, we have no rights. We can't ask anything. So like an evid to a master, we approach him with that sense of awe. Uh, being an American, 
it's hard for us to really capture this. The only time I really was able to appreciate it is years ago, I used to go to um, England. I was in England uh, last May, uh, London and Manchester. But, um, but uh, I don't know what it is. I go to England and everyone tells me that I do very well there. And then no one calls me in the entire country for three years. Anyway, so, uh, so I'm, I'm in England and a number of times I was in these old United Synagogue synagogues. Now in America, United Synagogue is conservative, but in Israel, in uh, England, it's, uh, it's Orthodox, but it's old style. It's these cathedral type of synagogue, often, I'm generalizing, but there are two types of people, those who generalize and those who don't. Anyway, but there are these cathedral-like structures, you know, and there are people wearing top hats, you know, they have uh, a beetle, I don't know if it's John or Ringo, which one, but the, the beetle with a D, yeah, and at some point, someone gets up and says, you're in a house of the Lord, 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 Lord. Please maintain the decorum, quorum, 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 quorum. And it's, and it's this sense of like, oh, or majesty, yeah? And then there's um, Avinu, like a child to a father, yeah? Which is more of a loving dependency, but it's a dependent relationship. And that's also good. There's a third one, and that's Shir Shirim. Shir Shirim are two lovers. Ad Kach. Yeah, I remember this story. Um, I, uh, I got from before my bar mitzvah when I was 12. And I was going to, uh, to I switched to an Orthodox synagogue, Young Israel of North Belmore. And I remember it was Cholomoed Pesach, and we're reading Shira Shira. And this was before the world was made safe by Art Scroll. Art Scroll does not translate anything that looks, you know, feltnished, in the sense of epispasnished, yeah? So, uh, so Shira Shirim is translated homiletically. It does not translate it into what's actually written there, because I, I grow drunk with your kisses, you see how this may be a little uncomfortable, yeah? So, um, uh, but the old Birnbaum translations and the Sansino translations, they translated it literally. And um, I was sitting in shul, and by this point, I was maybe 14, 15, uh, I was an FBT, if you're not familiar with the term. You know, uh, 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 FFB is from from birth, um, a BT is Balchuva, and FBT is a flaming Balchuva. <laughs> you know, these are the type of people who are on a date or driving down the road with the doors open because they're worried about Yichud. I mean, that kind of thing. You know, it's like, like real intense, you know? The, the kind of a couple who, you know, the husband comes home and says to his wife during Yemeha Oimer, um, what's for dinner? And she said, yesterday we had fish. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that's what I'm talking about, you know? So, uh, you know, going on a date and you say, my name is Batka. And he says, my name is Kelly Kahu. So, uh, you know, the, uh, you know that, that sort of, that, that was me. <laughs> or as somebody once described an FBT, walking around with a Romach looking for someone to throw it at. 
<laughs> deeply intense and religious. In any event, so they were reading um, Shir Shirim, Cholomoyed Pesach, not Shabbos, and uh, it's literal. And this 40-something fellow gives me an elbow and he says, hey, kid, here's a good line. I bet a girl would like this. <clears throat> and I said, sir, this is scripture. We are in synagogue. A little respect. And he says to me, but I can't believe they allowed this in to the shul. Now, he was not the first one to make this observation. The Chachamim wanted to hide away Shir Hashirim because it was too graphic. Rachmana, I saw once a literature professor reviewing Shir uh, Hashirim and he referred to it as erotic poetry because it's so graphic. It's graphic. And Rabbi Akiva said, if all the Svarma Kadosh, Shir Hashirim is the Kadosh HaKadoshim. Kadosh HaKadoshim. What is the Kadosh HaKadoshim? The Kadosh HaKadoshim is when it says in Divriya Yomim that they hid Yoshiyahu in the Chedra Hamitos in the bedroom, says Rashi, the Kadosh HaKadoshim. Where HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Klai Yisrael come together like an Ish and Isha. The Gemara in Yuma says Shlomo Melech decorated the base of Mikdash with pictures of couples embracing. Do not try this in your shul, even if it's very liberal. It doesn't go over today. Yeah? <clears throat> but he wanted to send this message. This is not a Melech and not a father. This is a lover. This is a marriage. That's what Harsinai ultimately is supposed to be. Us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Rashi says that a Kodesh Baruch Hu comes down to us like the Chassan comes to greet the Kala. There's hundreds of Chazal that make this reference. Because the ultimate relationship between us and a Kodesh Baruch Hu is supposed to be one of marriage. And that's the reason when you think about it. Yeah? That it says that a Kodesh Baruch Hu comes to Bilam at night like a Pilegesh. What's a Pilegesh? A Pilegish is, it's like a marriage. It's just there's no commitment. Yeah? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah? Instead of Vayikra, he wrote Vayikar. So it would sound like sometimes yes, sometimes no. Moshe Rabbeinu at the beginning of Vayikra. And, uh, and that's the Lushan he uses with Bilam, Vayikar. Yeah? And that's, that's why a Molek comes, Korcha Baderech. Yeah, Loshin Mikra. Hashem im ayin. Is he here or is he not? That's a Molik. A Molik Begamashriya Suffolk. Make you think, maybe he's here, maybe he's not. Not Vayikra, Vayikar. That's a Pilegesh. I was in the White Shul and I heard Rabbi Eitan Feiner make the observation. It didn't sound like he was Machadish, the idea, but I heard it from him. Yeah. He says, We know that the numbering system of the Prakim and the Psukim are from the Christians, they're not from us. But it can't be a coincidence that Nasev and Ishma is chapter 24, verse 7. 24-7. <laughs> Nasev and Ishma. It's all the time. It's all the time. It's constant. Yeah? So that's a marriage. It's not a Pelegish. And that has to be our relationship. The reason that this is so important to me at this particular time, because this is what I wanted to really speak about today. I don't have a lot of time left. 
Um, I was in America. I was by a family where they had four daughters. The youngest had just come back from seminary, which means the other three were older than that. They were still single. And the parents came to speak to me to, uh, to ask me if I had any ideas for their daughters. Now, the biggest problem I have is I know a lot of great girls. I don't know too many guys. <laughs> Maybe it's because of my years teaching in seminary, you know, um, but, uh, but I don't. And I said, what about the Shadchanim? And they said, when you contact the Shadchan, they give you a list of names. Now, I'm speaking about something I don't know anything about, but I have heard this from maybe a half a dozen people, that a girl gets a list of names of boys, and they say, check it out. Now, is it Shaykh, is it not Shaykh? Are they interested, not interested? Somebody told me, and I don't know if this is true, I've established this more than once, I, I hear something and I repeat it, you know, that there are Shadchanim that basically copy out all the names of girls from the high school yearbook and then send it to the boys. So this way, if he marries any of them, they could say, we made the suggestion, yeah. Now, my daughter's a Shadchanit, and uh, I know that she will never set up somebody unless she meets them first and gets to know them, and she's had Baruch Hashem, you know, a successful track record. But you know, if you want to be a good Shadchan, it takes a lot of time. You have to know the boy, and you have to know the girl, and you have to figure out why these two go together, and then you have to, you know talk to the couples they're going through, and see if there are problems, and you have to be a, an active participant. You can't just give a list of names. And I'm sitting here in a house of a very nice family, from what I could tell, yeah, with four young ladies who are in Shidduchim. No suggestions. Now, I have eight daughters, so, you know, I feel this, you know, uh, acutely, this sense that uh, the way they always put it is, you know, a boy gets a list, a girl has to try to get on a list. I just got an email today. He says, do you know anybody who might be interested in a 59-year-old uh, widow who makes a great chicken soup? Who wouldn't? <laughs> I mean, that, if that doesn't say it all, right? I, I don't know. You know, it's so interesting. This harbors back to the first podcast when when we talked about uh, certain problems with technology, I don't know what the solution is. And it could be that people will tell me, no, you, you, you just saw the, the problematic ones. In fact, there's tremendous you know, organizations out there and things that are working, etc. I don't know why I know so many great girls who aren't even being read Shidduchim. They don't even, they don't even get a suggestion. And I'm not talking about people who are problematic. I'm talking about girls from nice families who are attractive, who are intelligent, who make a parnosa, you know, who, uh, and they're not getting suggestions. So there's a lot of different reasons for it, yeah? Um, a fellow came to meet with me once, and he said, the problem is we are victims of our own success because... He says, how many people were there in your family? Six. I am one of six boys. So is that unusual? It was very unusual. Everybody talked about the fact. You know, we had six. Most people had two or three kids. Yeah? Four, maybe. 
Now you have Kanaina families with like seven, eight, nine kids. I live in Haranof. If you only have 10 kids, you're going for fertility treatment. You know what I mean? Like, you know, there's something wrong, you know? People have Kanaina very large families. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful blessing. He says, because of that, there's a pyramid. He says, if you go to 12th grade, there's an equal number of boys and girls. Actually, a few more, it's, it's, the, it's slightly more boys. And the same thing in 11th grade, only there's more. Same thing in the, the 12th grade, it goes down, it's a pyramid. He says, but because socially, a 23-year-old wants to marry a 19-year-old, that means there are this many boys for this many girls. And the ones in between get left out. <clears throat> I brought this up at my Shabbos table once, you know, and that's why they said this problem doesn't exist by the Hasidim. By the Hasidim, there's an opposite problem. There's too many boys. Yeah? But um, um, I brought this at my Shabbos table once, and I said if people married closer to their age, there was a movement to try to do this. Yeah? So the boy, I had, I had boys. I had Bach on my table. They said, no, you can't marry somebody your own age. She won't respect you. I said, don't you think that you have enough to be respected as a person, you know, without having somebody who's older than you? And he rolled his eyes and says, you don't understand. That's true, I don't. I don't. There's a lot of things I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. I, but it doesn't make a difference. This is the Matthias. This is the Matthias. In the good old days, everybody got married. Yeah. The Maharal used to use the money he got for Shadchanis to buy his Dalad Minim because he could say, that was the only money that really belongs to me. I know for sure I earned that money. I'm, I'm beating a dead horse. And not right now, but I, 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 you know, I have one in my backyard. <laughs> no, I know I'm, I'm, I'm trotting well-trod land. Yeah? But, but the people who watch this podcast are people who have a tendency to think outside of the box. Everybody knows somebody. And we have to pull together. We have to think. We have to look at this as a national priority. Because if there are people who aren't getting married, if there are people who can't find somebody, it is heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. And it's easy to tell people you're too picky and it's easy to point out problems and problems and problems, but the problems come afterwards, you know? When a, when a kid goes off the derech, so you go to professionals, you know, and they'll tell you, it's because you were too strict, it was because you were too lenient, it's because you didn't spend enough time, it's because you spent too much time, it's because you were this, it's because you were that. A hundred different problems but they can only blame you because they don't know what to do with the kid. You understand? So, so it's easy to turn around to the person and say, well, you must be single because X, Y, or Z. Yeah, the answer is, what an unbelievable mitzvah for us to be able to make this kesha. HaKadosh Baruch Hu spends all day making zivugim, which means that the people are out there. We just have to be the shliach to bring this into reality. So, again, I don't, I'm not... I'm not good at suggestions. I'm not good at solutions. Yeah, you know, they say if you're not part, they say if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. You know, I say if you're not part of the solution, you're Rabbi Olavsky. Yeah, I, I'm happy to 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 point this out because it's heartbreaking. I don't know what to do, but there's no reason that we can't join together to be able to come up with ideas of how to solve this problem. And Amir Hashem, when we make that zivug. We're making that zivug between Shemayim Va'aretz. We're making that zivug between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Klai Yisrael. We're building a Ba'is Neman B'Yisrael. 
Kosher Kakriyas Yamsuf. Making a shidduch is Kosher Kakriyas Yamsuf. Ask with Moshe Shapiro, what's so hard about that? He says, because Kriyas Yamsuf, you had to create a place where there was no place under the sea. You don't live under the sea. And when we make a new home, we have to make a new place in reality in, in the world for this Bayis Neman Biyasel. Halavai, that'll be a Kodesh Baruch Hu's problem to find the space. Our problem has got to be to see it as an imperative on our part to see that this goes through. And Amir Hashem, with Siyata Deshmaya, we can be the Shliach of a Kodesh Baruch Hu. That's it for this week. If you want to find out more about the show, you can go to rabbiolowski.com slash podcast. If you want to find out about this particular episode, rabbiolowski.com slash podcast slash 16. Um, if you want to find about upcoming events, rabbiolowski.com slash events. If you want to contact me, rabbiolowski.com slash contact. If you want to contact uh, the producer, you can go to rabbiolowski.com slash contact and right at the beginning, attention producer. And if you want to sponsor an episode, um, as I mentioned, uh, we're, we're sponsored for the next four episodes. Uh, go to rabbiolowski.com slash podcast and click on sponsor an episode and uh, you'll have this chus of being able to participate and being able to spread all of this good, um, uh, I, I, I'm afraid to say good Torah because then I'll get into trouble if I don't, but uh, all these good words Good news and good night. <laughs>